You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, verse 18, that where there is no vision, the people perish. Vision is so important to us as a church. Uh, we want to be a church that is truly led by vision going into the future, but not just by our vision and what we think is cool, but truly aligning our vision to what God has for us as a church. And so we're so excited this year to be able to present to you our vision for 2020. We can't wait to see what God is going to do. We believe that He has great things in store for us as a church this year. You know, last year was an amazing year at church. Our theme for last year was fan into flame. And we really saw God do exactly that in our church. We saw more people come through our doors last year than ever before. We saw more people make a decision to follow Jesus than ever before. We saw incredible events happen, uh, things like L Conference, where we saw hundreds of women gathering and worshiping Jesus together. It was an amazing year for us as a church. And now we have the privilege of being able to build on what was in order to step in to what will be. In July 1952, there was a revival that actually took place right here in Waterloo Region. Um, in fact, go ahead and take a look at this picture just for a moment. You know, what you're seeing there is actually, uh, it's located right off of Lexington Road in the area of Dearborn Place, where today there's a Service Ontario there, there's a Grain Harvest Bakery there, amongst other things, there's a plaza there. But the picture you're seeing actually depicts a tent that was set up to house the revival that was taking place across four weeks in that summer of 1952. And it's incredible to see really the rich heritage that exists in our region of people whose hearts were hungry for more of Jesus. Uh, you know, it's really amazing because Time Magazine wrote an article all about this revival that took place. And in it, they mentioned, they wrote, that more than 105,000 people attended that revival in Waterloo in July 1952. And not only that, but thousands of people made a decision to accept Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. And here we are today in 2020, you know, more than 50 years later. And as lead pastors, we're asking the question, is it too bold to believe that God could do something like that again in our region? Is it too bold to believe that we could see thousands of people making decisions to follow Jesus? We don't think it is too bold. In fact, we boldly want to believe that that's exactly what Jesus wants to do in our region in 2020. We're believing for more salvation. We're believing for more people to experience the good news of Jesus Christ. Our theme for this year is bold, and we are going to believe it boldly. We are going to be a people who boldly believe that Jesus is going to move. We're going to boldly contend for His presence. We're boldly going to seek Him. We're boldly going to pursue Him in all aspects of our lives this year in 2020. In that revival, uh, it was written that when people would uh, make a decision to follow Jesus, they would get up out of their seat and they would walk down to the front. And it was said that as they walked down to the front, they walked the sawdust trail down to the front to give their life to Jesus. You know, as lead pastors, we really believe that the sawdust trail is alive and well in our region. That people in their hearts are gonna make that decision to walk the path into relationship with Jesus and their lives will never be the same because of it. But not only their lives, we believe that the lives of those around them in, in contact with people will be changed. And we believe that one person at a time, 
uh, is just going to make such an impact in the name of Jesus in our region. We're going to believe boldly for it. We're going to stand boldly for it. Even in the face of adversity, no matter what we come up against, we are going to be bold when it comes to our faith this year. We're going to be bold when it comes to pursuing after Jesus. This year, 2020, is the year that we at Slate Church are going to be bold. We're Jay, Monica Gingrich, and we have four awesome boys, Bryson, Kyler, Spencer, and Ronan. And we live in Kitchener-Waterloo, love it here. It's been our home for nine years, nine plus. And I think for our family, um, life before Slate was um, a lot of just kind of coasting and not super, um, focused in a certain direction or not a lot of vision, but Slate has given our family um, a lot of excitement for the local church and um, vision for the future and, and a place of belonging for our family. Church life has become an essential part of our family life. And what we've discovered as a family is that when we, when we apply ourselves to what God is doing here at Slate, it gives us purpose for the future and it gives us belonging for the present. Yeah, serving on a team and attending connect groups, even attending on a Sunday morning are definitely priorities for our family. And in that, we find so much life-giving vision um, just in the giving and receiving that happens in this community. Yeah, rarely the things in life that are meaningful are easy or convenient, but we just find that we receive so much when we apply ourselves to this community. We recently joined a married couples group and it's been really great just finding um, relationship there with other married couples that go through similar struggles and journeys and doing life together. Our advice for families that are looking to get more involved is to just do it. It will be so worth it for your marriage and for your family. What a powerful testimony. This is a result of our bold obedience as a church. I'm so encouraged by what Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, verse 28. He says, blessed rather are those that hear the word of God and obey it. As a church, we wanna be quick to listen and quick to obey what God is calling us to do. All throughout the Bible, we see powerful examples of people that are quick to obey and, and, and step out in bold obedience to what God is calling them to do. We see this with Noah as he steps out and he builds the ark. We see it with Moses as he goes to Pharaoh and he leads the Israelites out of Egypt. We see it with Esther when she goes to the king, knowing very well that that might cost her her life. We see it with Jesus as he's in Gethsemane, preparing to die on the cross for our sins, and he prays to the Father, not my will be done, but your will be done. We see it with Paul as well, all throughout the New Testament, as he's quick to obey and, and step out and, and go where the Holy Spirit is calling him to go and preach the gospel. The powerful example we see in all of these stories is, is a spirit of, of whatever it takes, that kind of attitude that we are gonna do whatever it takes to do what God is calling us to do. But it also shows itself in, in having a spirit of excellence, of, of not settling or this will do or this is good enough, but actually wanting to give God our best. And as we do, the world will take notice. They will notice when we show up, even when it's not easy. They will notice when we, we love people that society might not deem worthy to love or might not even themselves feel worthy of love. Or when we choose joy instead of submitting to defeat. The world will notice these things. 
And then great, great encouragement for us also in all of this is the fact that God goes with us. He, he goes before us and those He calls, He also equips. He doesn't leave us alone to do what it is that He's calling us to do, but He actually wants to go with us. And that is a great encouragement for us that He will always show Himself faithful. You know, church, we are blessed to be a blessing. I love what it says in 2 Corinthians uh, 9, 10 to 11. This is the message version. Get this. It says, the most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full form lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way producing with us great praise to God. The New Living Translation puts verse 11 this way. It says, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you will always be generous. And then we take your gifts to those who need them and they will thank God. It's just so incredible what God does and how generous He is with us. He's generous with us in, uh, in His faithfulness to us. He's generous to take care of our needs. He's generous in so many ways. And one thing that we are going to focus on this year is bold generosity. You know, this is not just for us as a church at large, but this is also for you as an individual. What does it look like this year to actually have bold generosity in your life? You know, as a church this past year in 2019, we have seen incredible acts of generosity. Um, generosity with, with time, with resources, with the gifts that God has given us. It's just been incredible. Earlier in 2019, we had our Heart for the House season where as a church, we were generous to the point of bringing in $270,000 in one offering. And it's been incredible what God has done with those finances over the course of this year. We have just been so blessed in incredible ways to be able to uh, start new services, see new venues, see people who are far from God come into relationship with Him. It's just been an incredible time. But church, we are so excited for what is ahead as well. And we get to participate in this as individuals and as a church. Because when we are generous uh, with what God has given us, it actually shows gratitude towards God. You know, verse, 11, or verse 13 in the, in the same chapter that we were just looking at talks about giving uh, out of our generosity to those in need, to everyone in need, and how that actually shows our gratitude, that shows our thankfulness. When we take on bold generosity as individuals and as a church, we are actually thanking God. All of the praise goes to Him, and it's really an incredible thing that takes place. You know, as a church, we've had amazing initiatives uh, over the past couple of years, but we are moving forward with even greater ones in 2020. Uh, with Bold Generosity, we are looking at expanding our city impact uh, ministry to be reaching those in need uh, in really tangible ways. We want to make sure that we are popping up in the right places at the right time. So if someone needs a haircut, they can get it. If someone needs some care, they can receive that. Uh, we're working out all of the details of that and still making sure uh, that that comes about in the best way possible. But we are just excited for what God's going to do through that ministry here at Slate Church and the time that we give to that, but also the resources that we give to that uh, as a church. You know, one thing that we know to be true here at Slate Church is that we can't outgive God. Uh, really with God's currency, it's, it's something different altogether. When we give uh, out of our, our talents, out of our finances, when we give, 
God actually expands this in an incredible way and it expands the entire kingdom. We actually don't lose by giving. When, when God is pleased and when we show our thankfulness for Him, we can't lose. So this year, bold generosity is something that we are focusing on, something that we're excited about, and something that we are so looking forward to see the testimonies that come out of what bold generosity looks like in people's lives and the blessing and the praise that goes to God through it. So church, how are you going to be generous this year? What does planning for bold generosity look like? It's one thing to be generous in a moment. It's fantastic, it's so good. It's a whole other thing when you actually plan to be generous in your life and to see the blessing that comes from that and the praise that comes from that. And we're excited for what bold generosity looks like in 2020. For Slate, I was definitely lost and in a lot of darkness. Um, I eventually started to feel um, unworthy and undeserving of God and to even call myself Christian, really. I threw myself into my work more in that um, and then eventually uh, got into a really dark space and uh, as soon as more and more um, major life issues started to happen, it just got even worse from there. Uh, around 2017, uh, that summer of July uh, 2017, um, I tried to take my own life. I really didn't think I could ever be forgiven and that, and I carried that around with me still, all the shame and doubt that um, uh, God would ever love me again really, really uh, brought me into that negative spot and it made it really, 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 really hard to get that positivity back in my life um, until flight. <laughs> Walking into Slate Elmira on its launch day uh, felt just like it did in Waterloo. It was just this amazing just experience and you already felt loved and just the positive atmosphere as soon as you walked in. It was for the first time I knew things were going to be okay and uh, I started to feel excited again to be able to slowly get that relationship back and couldn't wait to see what other Sundays were going to bring and get connected with God again. Um, so right after the service I immediately went and filled out a Connect card uh, and checked off uh, wanting to serve, join a Connect group, and get baptized. Actually, that week after uh, Slate Elmira's first baptism Sunday, I was one of three people to get baptized for the first time. And uh, in my testimony, I actually said that uh, the slate was wiped clean, and that's exactly how it felt. I was so moved on the first service, and I said that like God spoke to me. He told me in that service, literally, you belong here and welcome home. And after that, I've known that slate is my home and it's my place. In Acts chapter 4, we see the church has just gotten an early start to uh, its, its mission here on earth as being the hands and feet of Jesus. Jesus has gone and ascended into heaven and left the, the uh, work of the church, uh, the work to the church and, and his hands and feet. Peter and John are there and they're preaching the message of Jesus. There's so many people around and, and uh, they're, they're looking for direction and they're looking for uh, what the early church is going to do. The church is in its infancy stage and Peter and John get up and they preach an incredible message. And in uh, Acts chapter 4 verse 13, it says that the people looked at Peter and John 
and they saw their bold faith. And in their bold faith, they had recognized that these men had no formal education, they had no special instruction in the scriptures, and yet uh, they had been with Jesus. And I think there's something really interesting about this because uh, one of the things that we want to focus on this year as a church is bold witness. Bold witness is something that flows out of us as we spend time with Jesus. I think for so many of us uh, here at Slade Church, we can often make up excuses for ourselves because we don't have any formal training or uh, no special instruction in the scriptures. But I love that Peter and John, also not having any of that, only needed the pre-qualification of having spent time with Jesus in order to be good witnesses for him. And I don't know why this has happened in my life, but I've often been one of the first witnesses at, uh, at, a, at the scene of a car accident. I remember driving home one, uh, one night from uh, Ancaster where Emma and I were going to school at Redeemer University. And as I was driving back and coming into Cambridge uh, on my way to Waterloo, uh, all of a sudden I came across an intersection and as I was coming through the intersection, uh, I had a, had a green light, but all of a sudden a, a car whizzed through the intersection and another car T-boned them. I was so worried to approach the car. If you know anything about me, I have a very weak stomach, which is great having three toddlers around the house because uh, it just seems like you're having to exercise self-control every single day uh, with all the different things you come across. Um, but in this moment, I knew I was the only witness around and I had to stick around because when you witness something like that, uh, your witness, uh, your, your testimony is actually needed from you. See, everybody in our church has witnessed God to some level, to some um, to, uh, to some degree, we have all had an experience with God. And it's not really that we need to know everything about God in order to be a witness for Him. But what we need to have is a testimony about what we've witnessed God doing in our lives. A witness is somebody that says, hey, I've seen something and I have something to say about what I've seen. You know, in my life, I just can't stay quiet about the goodness of God. I, I never thought that we'd be in the position that we are today. And, and I don't just mean leading a church, but also just having a beautiful family and the health that we have today and all the blessings that God's brought into our lives and the many friends and family that surround us. And I, I just, I, I know that we wouldn't have any of this unless it were for, for God. I took some time over this past Christmas break to actually um, just jot down some of the moments in my life where God has really altered the course of my life. I remember when I was a young teen praying for hours on end when God told me to pray for Emma for a year without even really knowing her for a future husband and her future kids, little knowing that that would become me. I remember times in my life where I was, I was willing to give up on it all, but all of a sudden somebody came alongside me and invited me to a youth group where God changed my life for the very first time. I remember sitting in a dingy basement with these plastic chairs, much the same as many of you are gonna be sitting on today. And there was this poster on the wall that said Crave, and I'm like, where the heck am I? But it was in that moment that God's presence and His Spirit actually came and, and, and filled me to, to, to the fullness of, of anything I'd ever experienced with God. And from that moment forward, I knew that I wanted to be a pastor. I remember coming out of university and wanting to plant a church in Toronto, but increasingly becoming uh, dissatisfied with that direction, knowing that it was the wrong timing and knowing that maybe we were heading in the wrong direction when all of a sudden an opportunity was presented to come to Waterloo and in an instant, God bringing a peace that I had never experienced in my entire life. You know, as I was recounting all these things over the Christmas break, I began to realize that sharing my faith about Jesus and being a witness for Him is not as hard as I thought it, I think it should be, or think it, it's going to be. Really, being a witness is just being a test, uh, having a testimony 
about what God has done in our lives. Slate Church, God's been doing a lot of incredible things in our church. We want to tell more stories this year of what the things that God's been doing in the lives of the people in our church. As you've seen throughout this morning or, or this night so far, through this vision presentation, uh, through the stories that have been, are, are being shared, God is doing a lot of things in the individuals in our church. So while we have a witness and a testimony to what God has been doing uh, uh, through us as a church, don't forget that you also have a personal witness. Your personal witness extends to places that we can't go as a church physically and where we can't go as pastors. We need you to be a witness in the place that you find yourself. There's an incredible quote that says that uh, the faith that stirs us up and possesses us, the, our private faith needs to possess not only ourselves, but our workplaces, our cubicle, the government office. And the way that we get into all those places is not by knocking down the door as Slate Church but actually by going in each and every one of us to work every day, into our houses every single day, into our family gatherings every single day, and bringing the testimony about what God's been doing in our lives. So go out there, tell your story. We need you, and we need to be a bold witness this year. You know, as a church, we don't wanna just go through the motions of faith, but we actually wanna become people who day after day become more like Jesus. And that's why this year is gonna be a year of bold discipleship for us as a church. A year where we're actually pursuing Jesus and becoming more like him in our lives. And you know, whether you know it or not, you're being formed by something in your life. Uh, maybe you're being formed by the opinions of others. Maybe you're being formed by what society says you need to be. Maybe you're being formed by a, a drive to succeed. Maybe you're being formed by uh, insecurity or jealousy in your life. I don't know what it might be, but believe it or not, something is forming you. But the good news is that as much as we're being formed, Jesus offers us spiritual transformation where he can actually come and he can move in our lives and transform our spirit in such a way that we are filled with joy, we're filled with peace, we're filled with love, we're filled with passion for him and for other people as well. And that's what we wanna see out of us as a church this year. You know, Jesus speaks in Matthew 5 about uh, us being like a, a city on a hill, us being a, a light to this world. And not only that, he, he talks about that we need to let our light shine that others would see our good works, and because of that, that they would glorify God in heaven. You know, this year we're gonna be bold when it comes to our discipleship because as we become more like Jesus, we actually shine His light brighter and brighter and brighter to a world that needs it. There's no denying that uh, our world can often be a dark place. All you have to do is sit down with certain people for a time and you know, hear their story and hear some of the difficulty that they might be experiencing in life. But as we, day after day, moment by moment, surrender ourselves to Jesus, as we become more like Him, we believe that we're gonna be able to shine His light into this world, into the lives of others, in a powerful, in a bold way this year as a church. And so, as a church, we wanna do whatever we can to resource ourselves to actually take these steps forward. And that's why, you know, last year we did summer school and it was fantastic. We loved it as a church. It was amazing to see people go through courses, uh, you know, really getting a, a stronger foundation of what it means to be a Christian, uh, see people go through our financial freedom course and, you know, just be freed up to, to be able to 
pursue God and, and not have to worry about finances. And this year, we're bringing summer school back, but we can't wait because we've got great plans for what it can be. We wanna offer more courses. We wanna offer uh, more opportunities for people to get plugged into something that will be interesting to them, whether it's learning more about theology, uh, learning more about uh, relationships, all these different kinds of things. We're even planning on things for kids. So we can't wait for the summertime when we're gonna be doing summer school together as a church. We really believe it's gonna be an opportunity for all people, regardless of um, you know how long you've been a Christian, regardless of how much you might know about the Bible or all of these other things. We really believe that it's gonna add so much value to your life. And not only that, but this year when it comes to discipleship, we're gonna to continue to put an emphasis when it comes to the generation, especially the next generation, in Slate Church. We really wanna invest into our kids even more. We wanna see our family's ministry grow and grow and grow. We wanna see kids really just raised up to be people of faith, to have a, a firm foundation of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But we also wanna put some emphasis into our youth ministry this year. You know, we love youth at Slate Church. We, we really wanna be a church that just champions the cause of the next generation. I know for a lot of you who are watching this right now, you can think back to your years at youth, at youth group, and you know, they were defining years for you. I can think of that for me. I'm so thankful for the, the times I met with Jesus when I was a teenager and what that meant for me going to high school and being surrounded with all of that. And so we're excited because this year we're gonna put some new emphasis into our youth ministry at Slate Church. Believe it or not, we got a lot of people in that age. And not only that, we see a lot of people in our city who are in that youth age who need to know who Jesus is. So we can't wait for that. We really believe that we're gonna see great fruit out of that ministry in our church. Um, we're excited for what it's gonna be. But again, this is gonna be a year of bold discipleship for us, where we're not willing to just sit back and sit in what was, but we're actually day after day gonna take a new step forward into our relationship with Jesus, trying to model our lives after Him and becoming more like Him every single day. It wasn't that long ago I was the new guy, walking in through the doors for the first time by myself, knowing no one, with no clue what I was stepping into and how that decision would change everything. At that point, I was pretty uninterested in life. For a couple of years, I was a caretaker for my fiance's dad. And when he passed away, it was within a couple of, couple of weeks of that that my fiance called it all off. felt like the worth and the purpose for my life was robbed from me. And I didn't know how to cope with that pain. It's a little dramatic, but when that happened, I took my phone and I checked it out the window into a cornfield and I drove for 18 hours. That's where I broke down emotionally. Maybe I thought that I could run away from the pain. I couldn't. So I turned around. Boom, welcome home vibes. Boom, people genuinely ex excited to, to meet me. <laughs> Boom, 
worship music literally moving me to tears. Boom, Brandon's message giving me such intense chills. Boom, Jared, executive pastor, asking me, a random dude, out for a coffee. Before that conversation, I was ready to jet back out west round two. But like everyone else at Slate, Jared, he just, he just cared for me. That week, I couldn't get away from Slate if I tried to. Tim taking me out for coffee. David for wings. Running into Greg and Curtis randomly at a coffee shop in Cambridge. And all of them just excited to hear my story and eager to speak into my life. Slate is a refuge. And the times that I was most lonely, they're there. And the times that I feel furthest from God, Slate reminds me that God couldn't be any closer. If you're someone thinking about coming to Slate, just do it. Trust me, it'll be worth it might just change your life. Many of us will have heard this passage out of the Bible that says, here I am, Lord, send me. This comes out of the book of Isaiah in chapter six, where Isaiah is having a vision, the only vision included in the book of Isaiah, where he's before the throne of God and all this stuff is happening and he recognizes that he's an unclean man in an unclean world. But all of a sudden, one of the angels touches him with a coal on his lips and it purifies him. And it's a symbol of, uh, of, of tongues of fire actually happening in the Old Testament. Now, for some of us, we might not know the significance of that, but for us coming out of a season that we labeled uh, a season of fanning into flame, we should understand that after he has his, his uh, mouth touched with coal, uh, it's actually then where he says, here I am, Lord, send me. And so it's out of the season of of, of seeking God spiritually and allowing God to uh, impact our spirits that we actually have to ask of ourselves, hey, Lord, um, here I am, C can you send me? And it's out of this heart and, and this, um, this passage that this year, uh, we also wanna focus on bold faith. You know, at Slate Church, we've always taken bold steps of faith. In year one, it was incredible announcing all the things that we did. And, and we really, uh, we really uh, took some really good steps of progress in all that God had for us. In year two, same thing. But as we come into year three at, at Slate Church, we really need to ask of ourselves, what is God asking of us to do this year? One of the things that I realize is actually becoming more and more pertinent as a church for us is that we have bold faith and with bold faith, actually having bold patience. Because the steps that we're gonna be taking as a church now aren't as quick as steps as maybe we've taken in the past. In the past, we're able to make a quick decision because it's just a small thing that we didn't have before. We didn't have youth, and all of a sudden, we need to start talking about youth. That's a more fast thing to get off the ground. But as we move into the future, the steps of faith that we're gonna take are gonna actually be longer steps to take. So bold faith is also gonna need bold patience to come alongside it in order to be able to wait on all that God is going to do. We're really excited about all that God's been doing in our church. I'm really excited about what he's been doing through the three sites that we have. Waterloo AM, uh, is now in Bluevale High School. Come on, how amazing is that? We have Waterloo PM at Maxwell's, and we have Waterloo, uh, or not Waterloo, Elmira, uh, uh, going so, so well. And so, out of a step of bold faith, we're really excited as lead pastors to announce today that in 2020, we're gonna be launching our fourth location as a church, another extension service, where we're gonna see God move in another area of the Waterloo region that perhaps is in, in great need of him. 
You know, when we think of Elmira, Elmira has so many incredible things happening in it. And a lot of the people uh, in Elmira may not have ever found Slate Church if we didn't plant ourselves in their community. We're really excited to reach it to more people in our community, in our region, because as you know, as lead pastors, we have a vision to see Slate Church reach all of Waterloo region, not just the region that impacts you, but the region that impacts everybody in, uh, that lives within its vicinity. We're really excited to take this step. It's a bold step of faith. And to be honest, we're not sure we're ready for it right now. But we know in the next number of months, uh, in the next eight months, we're going to be able to prepare in a way that's going to set us off in a trajectory that's going to allow us to continue to grow as a church and continue to, stay, uh, continue to take bold steps of faith into what God has. As Isaiah said, I want, I, I want our entire church to be able to say, here I am, Lord, send me. And Slate Church, here we go. Here we are, Lord, send us. We're excited for 2020 to be launching a new extension service.